they, that will really be a blessing for us. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John. Uh, we will be in John for a while. Uh, you might think we're moving kind of slow. We only have two verses today, but, but I want, I really want to be in verse 14 on Christmas Day. I'll just tell you. And so I've kind of moved it around so we can do that. But after that, we'll be doing, moving a little faster after Christmas Day. But this is a great, um, a great study. I, I hope you're enjoying it. I enjoy it. And, uh, I think, I think it will, will change our life. And we put there the greatness, power, and love of Christ so that we may believe. And I think exposed to the word, the book of John, over time and, and repetition is, it will, will increase our faith, will grow our faith. Um, I'm gonna read just four verses. I'm gonna concentrate on verse four and five today. I'm gonna read the first five verses. And I'm not going to go and re-preach those. I did have a lot of comments last Sunday about the fact that we got out early and they kind of ranged from that was really unusual to that I had been abducted by uh, aliens. So I don't, um, I, uh, I did, we'll do, it. we'll do it, but let me read with you. And, uh, is it on? It's the pulpit. Use the pulpit. That's all I got today. Oh, wow. Okay. Well. Okay, John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. Listen to this. Life was in Him, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. God, thank you for your word that you have given us, and I pray that you will speak clearly to us through your messenger today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'll try to stay close to the microphone. I don't know if I can or not, but we'll see how this works. Last Sunday, we began the prologue to John's gospel, and we said some some huge things about Christ in this word. We said in the beginning that Christ is eternal. He has been in the presence of God for eternity. He never had a beginning, won't have an end. We said that He is the Word. He is the fulfillment. He is the complete Word of God. There won't be another Word from God. There is no reason, there's no lack of understanding after we have Christ. He is the Word. He has been with God in eternal relationship with God. And He is, it's like AJ and I are looking at each other, talking, and in eternal relationship. That's what the situation we have here. He is in eternal relationship with God. I don't want you to miss this. He is God. He is God. You have, we have to know that. In every way, He is God. And Christ was an agent of everything that has been created. In fact, John says for us, in case we miss it, not one thing has been created without Christ. Not one thing. We good? No. Okay. I'm fine. I'll just do it. Y'all just... So I want you to understand that he has painted a picture of Jesus that is really big. That it spans eternity. And so John's Christmas story speaks to us from eternity. The, the, the thing that I want you to understand, and I want to bring back to earth, that if today you came into our church service and you are discouraged, 
or you are burdened, or you are grieving, or you are hurting, or you are needing, Christ came to the world to fix it. And so from him and from that, we have all that we need. This prologue of John's amazing. It's just amazing. And if you study it, and you could study it for weeks, but I'm going to tell you a few things. We're going to find that Christ, in just this first chapter, brings several things into the world. The the light, he brings light into the world. He brings light and life into the world that wasn't here before. And and we see that in verses 4 and 5. Verse 12, John tells us that Christ brings the right to be the children of God. He when, when Christ came in the world, he brought an adoption plan for me and you and for all who believe. He brought us grace and truth. In fact, we're going to see that grace and truth poured out like a never-ending stream from Christ and from his teaching. And from Christ, we have the real revelation of God. We never saw everything about God until we had Christ. We, we couldn't understand all there was about Christ until... Uh, about God until Christ came into the world. So we have a full revelation. And and folks, this is just a prologue of this great book. I mean, he hasn't really, really got to the meat of this. So I want you to see. I, I have a great quote from John MacArthur, who I admire a lot. And he said, and John MacArthur has such precision in his writing. And he said about these two verses that we're studying today, that in his spirit-inspired economy of words, John, in these two verses, summarized the incarnation. A lot, lot of you are going to say, well, what's this about Christmas? This is everything about Christmas. The Christ is the embodiment of life, the glorious eternal light of heaven. He entered a dark world of men and the world reacted in various ways. We're going to see how the world reacts. We, we're going to really see it next week. But I want to look at three things and then I'm going to, I'm going to move. I, I think we'll, I think, I still think we'll finish early today and I'm not walking around much, so we'll probably finish even, even faster. So. It's a good day for you again. Don't count on this forever. <laughs> the first thing I want you to see the conditions of darkness in the world. And, and, and John, John paints this. He, he implies this. It's in his writing. Before Christ entered the world, it was a difficult place. You, you might say today, well, the world's a different, difficult place. But I will tell you in the world of Bethlehem when Jesus was born, that was a tough place to live. Isaiah the prophet said in 9 verse 2, he said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of darkness, a light shined. They didn't know it, but when the light came on in Bethlehem that day, it changed eternity. They didn't know it. I mean, they were witness to history. We... You know, it was like something happened and when that, when that little baby was born in Bethlehem, it, it turned all of history from that time forward. In those days, living in the land of darkness, it, it was a dark place. There was poverty. There was hunger. There was disease. There, there was, nobody had any rights. By age 45, Almost everybody would die. The brightest part in anybody's life was if their children could survive to marriage and that couple would have a seven-day wedding celebration with their children. Other than that, that would be the brightest part of their whole life. The governments were cruel. They were oppressive. The Roman government is known for its its 
advancements in, in democracy or in, in Republican-style government, not a democracy. But I will tell you that the everyday citizen didn't have a lot of rights. And certainly in Palestine, a conquered state of Rome, they had no rights. The government wasn't there to protect them. The government was there to keep them in order and keep them in line. Religion was no help to people. It just piled rule and law upon law on top of people that could not possibly obey them. And people were literally without hope. It, it was dark. There, there was no retirement. There was no vacation. There was no help from the government. They didn't assist people. If you worked every day and you worked, you worked enough to buy food for the next day. And if you didn't go to work, the next day you didn't eat the day after that. And your family didn't eat. And if you lost your job, you and your family could starve to death and, and people wouldn't do a thing about it. If you got sick, you were probably going to die. It, it was a mess. It was dark. The best life was very, very hard. So, not only that, there was spiritual darkness. The Apostle Paul writes and he says that before Christ came and before Christ came to you and to me, this is our world. You were dead in your trespasses. You walked according to the worldly age, according to the ruler of the atmospheric domain, the spirit that is working in the disobedient. And that he said that we all live there. That's where we were. That's that's what life before Jesus is like. It was a dark, oppressive place. To John, darkness is everything that is not light. God is light. There was darkness everywhere. If, if you don't have Christ in your life, you live in darkness. And I, what a great term. When I was a little kid, I used to be terrified of the dark. I, I don't know. You know, I was really afraid of the dark. And, and one day we went to my grandmother's house when I was a little guy. And I told everybody, they told me my grandmother's house was the scariest place I'd ever seen in the world. And, I mean, after 6 o'clock, I would not walk out of the kitchen of that house. I was terrified because it was big and dark. And they always kept the lights off. You know, there were like three lights on in the house. And I couldn't get from where I was to where there was another light. So I stayed put. But I said that, and one of my uncles says, oh, you know what you're afraid of, don't you? He says, you're afraid of the unknown. I thought, now I'm really afraid. <laughs> I, I didn't think there was anything out there. But now, now I'm really afraid. But if you go in a room and you turn off the lights, you're in the dark. And you feel alone, and you feel isolated, and you don't feel warmth. That's, that's life without Christ. That's what it's like. It was a dark place. And you know what? John tells us, he, he quotes Jesus over, over in chapter 3, he says, The light came into the world, and men loved the darkness rather than light. You know, that's our nature, is that we naturally love the darkness. It, isn't that terrible? I mean, you would think you would not want to be in the dark, you'd want to be in the light. But Jesus says, not only is the world dark, not only are, are we a part of darkness, but we naturally head to the dark. That's what we do. We naturally go that way. Left to our own. If if you are left to your own means, you do whatever you want, you will go to the dark. I will go to the dark. That's our nature. Okay, so the world was dark. Number two, Christ brought spiritual light into the world. Spiritual life into the world. 
and he's the sole source of that. I want you to see verse four. I want you to, I want you to see how important it is. And, and there's two parts to it. Life was in him and that life was the light of men. Life was in him and that life was the light of men. Now, the Bible here is not just saying that Jesus is alive, which he was. He is saying he is the source of life. That when Christ was born in Bethlehem, he was incarnated. He became flesh. He brought real life. Now you say, Jim, what are you talking about? There's two kinds of life in the Greek word. Bio, which we all understand that. Those of you that took biology, biology, the study of life is a Greek word. That's, that's physical life. And then there's spiritual life, zoe, Z-O-E. And that's the word here. Christ is real life. He, he brought real life into the world. That's what he did. And so life was in him. And when he came into the world, he brought us real life. Now, Jesus talks a lot about that in the book of John. Now, I'm going to give you some verses, and you can you can do what you wish with them. But jot them down and go back and look at them. In chapter 5, verse 26, Just as the Father has life in himself, so also he has granted to the Son to have life in himself. So God has eternal life and has spiritual life in him. He gave that to Jesus. When Christ came to the world, he brought spiritual, eternal life into the world. Never been there before. It wasn't possible. Chapter 6, verse 57. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so that the one who feeds on me will live because of me. You see that? Church, we need Christ to have spiritual life. You can't do that on your own. Can't get there. Everybody, everybody got all these books. The Buddhists, the Hindus, they have all these ways to spiritual enlightenment. The Bible says there is only one way for that, and that is through Christ. In fact, Jesus said that. And then Jesus made his great statement in chapter 10, verse 25. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. So now spiritual life is defined by Christ. As eternal life. Isn't that great? That's what he brought into the world. That's what he did for us. And then in chapter 14 verse 6. Jesus said on his last night. He said I am the way. The truth and the life. No one. Comes to the father. Except by me. Now. Our students. When you go to college. You're going to hear people tell you that's not right. That there's a whole lot of ways to, to God. If there is a God, that's what you're going to hear. That's the way they're going to tell you. If there is a God, there's a lot of ways to get there. There's not one way. I will tell you, Jesus said there is only one way. There is only an exclusive way. If you're not on that way, you're not on the right way. He says, I am the truth, the way, and the life. And no one, no one comes to the Father except by me. Eternal life that Christ has given us through him. And then the verse that gives us a purpose for the book of John in verse uh, chapter 20, verse 31. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. You don't have life on your own, but life in his name. So that so so ba- the baby Jesus born in Bethlehem in, in the middle of nowhere to nowhere parents brought eternal life into the world. That's what he did. And that's what John said. Life was in him. 
He, he is our life. And, but, but there's more. He said, and that life was the light of the world. If you look, and I don't, I wish I could tell you this on my own, but I can't. The Greek construct of this is the same when John said the word was God. He said that the life was the light of the world. He, it's just that, it's that same sentence. And, and he said the life, this eternal life, the spiritual life of Christ brought light into the world. Why do we put a, lights on the Christmas tree, it symbolizes the light that Christ brought into the world. He brought light into the world. It, his life was in him and that light was the light of mankind. That's what we have. Darkness stands for sin and death and separation from God. Light sounds, stands for everything that's God, that's holy, that's pure, that's godly. That's what, that's what it is. And so in Christ, we have light. Spurgeon, you know, we got to have a good Charles Spurgeon quote if we're preaching the Bible. But listen, this is a great one. I want to tell you about the wonder of Christ's light. This is so great. He said the worst world leader can't enclose a light for himself. You know, some guy can't come and say, I'm going to take all the light of God and I'm going to keep it for me. Can't happen. The poorest person in all the world gets a royal share of the light of Christ. It can't be monopolized, but it pays great benefits to everybody. The scriptures reveal the freeness of divine grace. The experience shows that it shines on the poorest and the simplest and it enlightens the foolish and the ignorant. You know, you know that's what I love about it. I love, I love about Christ is that he doesn't care how, how much money you have or how little money you have or how much you know or how much you don't know. He offers this to everybody. It is wide open. It's, it's, it's a universal offer to you and me. It's so great. It's such a wonderful thing. That's, that's what it means to be a light in the world. When Christ, when Christ came in the world, he brought light. He brought, he brought salvation to the whole world. The world didn't know it. In fact, John will say that the world, the world didn't even recognize him. Didn't, didn't accept him. That's what he did. Brought life changing light. That, that him, AJ, how silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. How about that? Those guys didn't know what they had seen with that little baby and what God had done with him. I want you to know that life was in him and that life was the light of men. Number three, I want you to hear this church. And if you don't know this, I want you to hear it, that light is more powerful than darkness. Please don't forget that. Don't walk out of here and think for a minute that darkness can defeat light. Because darkness really looks powerful. When I stood in my grandmother's house, I was absolutely terrified. I was overwhelmed by darkness. But darkness does not win. Listen to verse 5. The light shines in the darkness. And yet the darkness did not overcome it. There, There's a, and again, not my idea. One of the commentators I read this week, he said, kind of an afterthought, he said, he said, John writes this as if the darkness is trying to suppress the light. That it's just, that it's everything it can do. It just can't do it. It's just not, just not strong. L- let me tell you, whatever darkness you have in your life, and wh- whether it is sin, or whether it is grief, or whether it's your sorrow, whether it's an illness, whether it's pain, whether it's trouble in your home, I, I will tell you the darkness is not defeated by the light of Christ. It is not defeated. It will not overcome it. The message 
said, I love the message is a translation of the Bible, a literal translation. I looked at that and I, I love it. Listen to what it says in this verse five. It says the light, life, light blazed out of the darkness and the darkness could not put it out. Isn't that great? <laughs> That's good stuff. There's a message right there for every one of us. If you, if I'm in a dark room, and if you've ever been in a dark room, we can go in the sanctuary. You can't get quite dark that dark at night, but if we could cover all the windows with dark shades and come in here at 11 o'clock at night and turn the lights out and light a little candle, you would see how powerful that little candle is in the darkness. It, it'll penetrate that. John 12, 46, Jesus said, I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in the darkness. Do you, do you hear that? It's a promise that with Christ, whatever darkness, you will not remain in that darkness. Christ can bring light in the darkness. Light also shows us the darkness. Sometimes we don't see it. Ronald and I had lunch the other day, and I'm going to butcher up this little story he told me, but I said, I'm going to use this Sunday. He said, he said, Jer- David Jeremiah, was, that he heard David Jeremiah talk of a man that had come to Christ who was a business owner in, in their congregation. And he said that the man came into his business after Jesus had been dealing with him over some things. And he said, let me tell you, folks, he said, in the past, we've, we've had a lot of darkness in this room. A lot of things are hidden in this place. But he said... I'm, I'm a believer now and we're going to bring it all out in the open and we're going to deal with it. That's what Jesus will do. He'll shine, shine a light in your life. And, and a lot of times that's what's real uncomfortable when we become new believers or we draw closer to Christ. We, we see that light. It, it gets into our life. It starts going in the crevices. If you have a basement and you go down in your basement, you turn the lights on, the cockroaches scatter. And that's light. Coming in contact with darkness. If you if you are in a dark room and you crack the door just a little bit, you see the light on the outside. You know the amazing thing about light—it just doesn't come in and break the door down. It doesn't. It doesn't burn the door through. It doesn't overwhelm you. But if if you let Christ into your life, you'll you'll start you'll see. You'll see light where you didn't have light before. You'll start, you'll start examining areas of your life you never examined. You'll start seeing things about your life that you never saw. You'll see, you'll see the Bible bring out things you say, you know, that message is for me. I've got to do something about that. I've got to deal with that. I've, I've got to go and make an amend to somebody on this. I've got to repent of this. I've got to stop doing this. That's the way God works when we put light into our life. So, if you crack that door a little bit more and let Christ really get a hold of your life. It's like you go in a dark room. Now you put a lamp in the room. If you start walking with him every day and, and going in prayer and in Bible study and growing with him, then, then you turn that lamp on. All of a sudden the whole room's lit up. You, you feel warm and at home light. It's come into the darkness. That's, that's the way it works. So John says... That light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. I want you to hear that and apply that and know that in your life. When you go home today and you feel overwhelmed by whatever you are burdened with, know that the light will always overcome the darkness. Always. Okay. I'm ready to wrap it up.
I want, I want to teach you two things. I want two things. There's two things about the darkness you need to know. First, I, I want you to know, don't walk in it. Don't walk in the darkness. If you're in darkness today, maybe sin. Have you ever been burdened by sin? You just keep doing it. It's like a habit. It's like a pattern. Just keeps, you just keep doing it. It's a pattern. It's a trap. It's darkness. It's gradually eating away and destroying your life. That's what it happens. And I know you say, Jim, don't talk about sin on Christmas. I mean, so, but, but I will tell you, sin will destroy your life. The Apostle Paul tells us, he says in five in, in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8, For you were formerly in the darkness, but now you're in the light. Walk as children of the light. You and I, we need to walk like we are in children of the light. We are in the light. Walk that way. Don't walk in the darkness. Second thing, don't remain in the darkness. John 12 says, I've come as a light so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in the darkness. You know, if you're a believer and you're remaining in the darkness then you're not obedient to what God called you to do. And and you say, boy, you're, you're saying that with a lot of confidence. Yes, I am saying it with a lot of confidence because I walked in the darkness for many years after I claimed to be a believer. And I will tell you, it is not good for your life. It will burden your life. It will wear away your spiritual gifts. It will dim your testimony. But when you when you walk in the light, then you're a changed person. So now I want to tell you two things about the, the light. The first thing, church, us gathered believers here today, I, I presume most of you are believers. We may, may not all be believers, but most of us are. The tendency, the first thing about the light is that we keep, tend to keep the light in one place. Do you know, you know Jesus said that in, in Matthew chapter 5? Verse 13, he said this, he said, you, you, us, that's a plural word. He, he means all of us, you are the light of the world. This church, we are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp, said Jesus, and puts it under a basket. How ridiculous an idea that you would light a lamp and put it under a basket. But rather, you put it on a lampstand for all, for and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, so there may be they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So our purpose, church, our purpose, we are light, Christ, because of Christ in our life. He has brought us light that we can share with the world. One of the problems with the church, us, every church. The, the real church of Christ, one of the problems is that we like to keep the light right here. We like to stay here and just do stuff here. We like each other. We have a fun time with each other. We love each other. We all have things in common with each other. And the more we're together, the less we have contact with the world. And, and, and I'll tell you, you gotta be careful. And if we did a survey, and if you've been a believer for a long time, you would probably tell me that the longer that you're a Christian, the fewer non-Christians you know. But your purpose in the world is to be a light in the world. So you got to engage in the world. You got to be involved in the world. You got to you got to get out of the church to be in the world. There's so much darkness in our community. There's hunger in our community. There's poverty in our community. 
There is unemployment in our community. There is hopelessness. There's people in our community today that have no hope. Can you imagine that? We have a church full of people filled with the light of Christ. And there's people within walking distance of here who have no hope. No hope. And we have the answer. Boy, that ought to make a difference. And I'm going to tell you, there are lost people in our community. And, and, and let me tell you something about being lost. And you say, how do you know so much about being lost? <laughs> well, I know about being lost. There are a lot of people that are lost and they don't know it. And, and what's worse, they don't care. In fact, they don't even believe they're lost. If you say to them they're lost, you say that's, that's just craziness. And so you got a long way to go. That it's, it's of no concern their spiritual status for them. They don't want to have anything to do with the church. And they don't want to talk to you about Jesus. And so the only way that you're going to penetrate their life is by knowing them and loving them. And they look at you and say, you know, there is something different about you that other people don't have. That's your only opportunity. But let me tell you, I want you to remember this. Do not forget the light will always overcome the darkness. Always overcome the darkness. We have a potential in this room to change this community upside down. I, I work once a month at East Oaks. I don't, I don't always do it. Marshall's heard all my reasons. Gotta go to the hospital. Gotta do this. I'm not here. Whatever. She's heard them all, but I worked this past week. And, uh, it was, it was overwhelming to me. It was overwhelming how many people are hurting so much in our community. There, there was a woman that came in to there. I don't know how old she was. She had a little child. She's going to be homeless after today. She doesn't have a home. She has no place to stay. And I called Debbie and I said, Debbie, we have two bedrooms in our house that aren't being used. We've got some stuff in them, but you know, we, we, we can do this. And it didn't work out that way, but I will tell you that I've, I'm, I'm gonna tell Marshall, whatever, if you need a room, you can come and live with us in advance. But I wanna offer and ask you, if some of you have a room in your home, could you say that and say, I, you say, Jim, there's, it's risky, I know it's risky, I, I got all that. But what about somebody that doesn't have a home? Boy, what a light you could be to somebody. I could be. We, we gotta do that. I saw a middle-aged man came in there. And he, he had, he said he needed work. He was in his fifties. You know, he said he had, I said, you look healthy. I mean, can you get a job? He said, no, I've, I've had two really bad criminal convictions. He said, like violent stuff. Nobody wants to hire me. I thought, well, I guess you got what you deserve there, didn't you? But that's not what Jesus would say, is it? And so I don't know what the answer to that is. I mean, I wish I could come up here and say, this is what we need to do. I don't know what we need to do. But I'll tell you what I think we need to do. We need to get some smart people together in our church and say, how do we get the light into these people's lives? How do we do that? I don't know, but we've got to try to do it. Our church has ministries that we aim at going into the light. 
bringing light into dark people. We have Hope Kitchen going on seven years, 225, 30 meals last month. Light going into that many homes. We deliver meals to 90 some homes. We got people, many of you are involved in that ministry. We get calls all the time. There's a lady down at Heritage that she'll leave a little envelope and put $10 in it and she'll address it to the church that always brings me a meal. She says, I deeply appreciate what you do. I didn't think it mattered. Really. We're bringing light. SunQuest downstairs. Bringing the light of the gospel to young kids. Do it every Sunday. There's people you guys rotate through there that, that we do that. I just jotted down some of our things. Uh, uh, our funeral meal program. You know, if you've ever, if you've ever lost a loved one and you've been in our fellowship hall after the funeral and the ladies put on a meal, they're bringing light to darkness. It's a, it's a sacrifice. It's effort to do that. Why? We've done it for the people that we love in our church and we've done it for people we didn't even know. They don't even come to our church. Bring light to darkness. When we visit in the hospital, when we go to hospice, the PNBA toy store in two weeks, community first that we're going to open the first of the year, ways of bringing light to the darkness. We got to do that, church. We can't stay here. So I'm going to close. I'm going to wrap it up. I got these things I want to say. What, what if we make a commitment as a church? All of you. Me, all of us, that we make a commitment to support one of these ministries that go out in the community and make a light. I, I don't know, you might be doing a lot of stuff, you might not doing anything, but boy, if we all get out of this building and go into the community and make a light, we'll make a huge impact in our community. And somebody will say, well, Jim, how's that going to grow the church? And I'll be honest with you, I'm not concerned about that. I'm trying to grow the kingdom. I think God wants us to grow the kingdom of God. He'll grow the church. He's done that. Look at our church. He sends people and sets them here to serve and to go out. We do our part. God will do his part. He'll take care of that. What if we signed up? If you got an extra room in our home and we had a list here at the church and, and, and said, I'm a little concerned about this, but if you guys will screen them a little bit, Marshall, we'll, we'll, we'll sign up and take somebody in and keep them from being homeless. Because you know what? In Stokes County, there's not any options for homeless people. You can go to Winston-Salem and they can go to the Samaritans, uh, to, to the, uh, to the, um, a prodigal ministry down there and they can stay overnight and get out of the cold. There's nothing in Stokes County. We will put folks in a hotel for three or four nights, but after that, there, that's it. What, what if, what if we, uh, we'll do, Debbie and I are first on that list. Let's get some smart people together and decide how we can hire people that nobody will hire. I don't know. You say, Jim, how are you going to do that? I don't know how we're going to do it. We just need to do it. We need to find a way to do it. What if, what if you, now this is very personal. What if you, and you say, I have a light. I have, I have God's spirit inside of me. What if you go out at this Christmas and you engage with somebody who's in darkness? Maybe they've lost somebody they love. Maybe, maybe they're in the midst of a family that's fallen apart and disintegrating. Maybe they're in the center of violence in their home. They don't have a job. They're worried. What if you get involved with them? And you love them and care for them. You're bringing, you're bringing the light of Jesus right to their life. What a powerful thing to do. What if you're not a believer? And you're sitting here today and you live in darkness. And there, there are some people here that live in darkness. If you live in darkness, hear what John said. 
that the light will always overcome the darkness. It will always. You have sin, you have guilt, you have failure, you have whatever. You can come to the light of the world today. You can say, Jesus, I'm going to take you up on this. I need you to fill my life with light. That's the promise that he makes. What a great thing to say on Christmas season. That I came to know the light of Christ in my life. You've heard a sermon on it. Probably a thousand times. But he'll put light in your darkness. Let's pray. God, thank you that you have a word for us today. Thank you that you're not through working with us. Despite you know us, you know our hearts. You know where we failed. But you love us and you still use us. Thank you. Lord, touch our hearts. Not just to hear, but to do. Send us out to be light the way you've commanded us. I thank you for what you will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.